0: This is Daf Shavua, Chagiga, Daf Yotas. The Gemara on Yotas distinguishes between one who washes their hands for the purpose of miser and one who washes their hands for the purpose of Chulin. The Gemara says that when it comes to miser, one would need Kavanah. However, one who washes their hands for the purpose of Chulin would not be this is the Gemara's phrase Hulin Lobai Kavana. This concept of Hulun Lobai Kavana while it is literally talking about someone who is washing their hands for Tumbavatara purposes. This could have Lamaisa applications applications that we could apply nowadays. There's a case where one is going to do Tavilas Kalim. Just not literally for Tuma Patara. There are other reasons as to why you do Tevilas Kalim. If you have any vessel that you buy um, from a non-Jew that was made by a non-Jew, you require Tevilas Kalim. The question comes up, let's say a person wants to do Tevilas Kalim and wants to enable a non-Jew to do Tevilas Kalim for him. So let's say the case is that He's bringing the non-Jew along with him, and he had, and let's say the person, you know, bought a restaurant and now needs to buy t- tons of forks and knives and spoons and and um, other pots and he needs a lot of help. So he hires some workers to help him go to the Kehillah mikveh and do to be less Kehillah with him. Will this be permissible? Is a guy able to help out a Jew? in doing to Vilas Keilin for all these new Kelem he buys. So the Siddha begins with the Rashba, the Shud and and Gimel Reishnon and he says that since any regular Kli is going to be in the category of chulin, so we can apply the concept that we have here in the Gemara of chulin Lo bai Kavana. that since the Gemara says that when it comes to chulin. You don't require kavana. you don't require um, intent uh, to have in mind that you are being retired at your hands. So it's just like that concept applies by your hands, it should also apply over here. That when you're doing uh, Tavila's Kalen, you shouldn't require any kavana in that case. And if that's true, that no kavanah is necessary. So if no kavana is necessary, so why wouldn't a non-Jew uh, be able to help out a Jew in Doing tefillas Kalim in the mikveh, he even says the Rashba that even though you in general cannot make a guy a shliach, and over here maybe in this case you are you are making him a shliach, you are making him a messenger to do your tefillas kelim. So since over here, um, since over here, really you don't even need kavanah in the first place. So that means you don't, um, you don't even need to have Shlichos in the first place because. Even if someone were to do tefillah's kelim for another individual, and the individual doesn't even know that it's being done for him, it would still work, because no kavana and no intent is necessary. Shulchan Arach in Kuf Chav Tesvav brings down the behold like this Rashba. He uses the lashon of also la tefillah, that the tefillah is going to work. So the Taz points out, the Shulchan doesn't say, seems to imply from his Lashon of also La-Tvila. The Tvila works that possibly, that not that it is L'Chachila, that one should ideally have a guy do Tvila's Kedom before him. Rather, it works pretty evident that if you have no other option, that or if you, do, if you did it already, then you would not need to do um, Tvila again. Um, th- and why is this? Why is this true that it's not like a to have a 9 do for you? He says, because if the guy is doing it for you, then you're losing out on your bracha. Because obviously a guy cannot make a bracha. So if the guy can't make a bracha, the reason why this is bidyeved is because you're losing out on the opportunity of making a bracha of al tevilas The prikhala disagrees. And he says that one would be able to even make a bracha for a guy to do a mitzvah for him. So even though um, the person, the Jew himself, is not doing the tevilas kelin, he can make the bracha for the non-Jew who's doing the tevilas kelin for him, even though he himself, is the Jew, is not doing the tevilas kelin. This could come up in in a, in a case where um, a, a person needs to build a maka. He needs to build a fence around his flat roof and he has no experience in uh, building a roof on the top of his house, um. So he has to hire a contractor. He has to hire someone who knows how to build fences. And is he able to make, You know, this based on this prechadash, perhaps he would be able to make the bracha on and have a non-Jew build the fence on his roof, uh, for him. So, um, just to summarize this case of a of a guy, I think there are really three cases here. Three cases that. That come up, um, which we're, we are going to see halachalamaisa of a guy doing teviot's kelim The first case is when the guy is doing the teviot's kelim with you. You bring him with you to the mikveh. So I think that for two different reasons, this would not be a problem. Number one, because we have the concept in our Gemara of chulun lobai kavana. So since chulun lobai kavana, so this is not a problem for a guy to help you with. And even according to Taz, who said it's bidyeved, over here, it's not a problem because since the Jew is doing the Tsios Kalim with the guy, so he's making a brach on his own T's kalem, and that could even cover the Thielas Kalim of a of the non-Jew. The second case is with you is when you are with the guy, um, but the guy does all of it himself. So this would be okay in terms of the fact that the guy is doing it for you, but this could be an issue. Because since the Jew himself is not doing any of the tefillas kelim, it's all being done by the non-Jew, so you are losing out on the bracha. So this is going to be a focus between the taz and the pre chadash about whether this whether this is going to be okay if um, the Jew is not doing any of the tefillas Um The th- a third case where this can come up is let's say the Jew's not even there. He tells his uh, he tells he tells an, uh, another non-Jewish individual to go ahead and do tefillas kelim for him and he's not even there so this really opens up another sikya where the amma says in that same place in and he says that this is going to have another issue that we don't necessarily that the guy doesn't have to have monos if you send him to do two thousand for you yes we have a concept of and kavana, but the issue over here is um that we don't trust the guy in terms of saying that he did it properly so three different cases when he does it with you, when you're with him, um, but you, you you the Jew himself doesn't do anything, and number three is when you send him to do it for you, but you're not with him, and he may not have naam on us. The second sugya that comes up from the staff is, how about the case of Tevilas Kalim Avakata? Let's say you want to bring your, your child or another young individual with you to the Kalim Mikvah, and you want him to help you out. So, based on our concept of perhaps this should be okay because, yes, a katan is not necessarily a bar mitzvah or a bas mitzvah, but perhaps it shouldn't be a problem because no katan is required. The in Rishon says that a katan would be able to do Taviyas for this same exact, for this same exact reason because by Kavan of the and once if before the last if we earlier, brings down the Srima Sadeshan. Um, that a Khatan could go ahead and do the TS Kalim with with the Gadol Again, this is all assuming that they're both they are both Jewish. Um, but he says that the katan would not be naman, just like the guy was not Namun if he is alone, so too um the the, the would not be to do if he is not in the presence of a in uh, the presence of a gudl. So this kind of brings a, t- uh, a different topic in our in our, in our heads um, of the cut, uh, of the concept of gadol omi al gabov. So it sounds like the shacharim might be saying that you require a gudl, the concept of a gadol omi al gabov, which usually means when it comes to you know, in, in the rest of shas is that the is that the gadol needs to be teaching the katan what to do. So is that what the shochan arach means here? Or does he mean that not only does the katan need to be in the presence of the gadol, um, to make sure that he is actually doing it, to make sure he's neman that he's doing tefillahs Kalim, or does it mean that the gadol has to be teaching him exactly how to do tefillahs Kalim and teaching him and Omid al gaba meaning teaching him the halachas? So the pri says he doesn't think the shochan arach meant that. He thinks that he just means that the 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 presence of the gadol is not teaching him the halachas necessarily. But rather, just to make sure that the tefillah actually happens. So, just to summarize, a katan would be able to do tefillahs Kalam because of chulah by But a but a gelda would have to be there to make sure that it happens because that it happens properly because the katan does not have any, any neimanos, just like the topic of a of a guy. The third topic I would like to speak about is doing tefillah in snow, and I will explain how this relates to our daf chagiga daf so the Mordechai, at the end of the fourth parak of Shabbos, quotes from Rabbeinu Shemaria, where he had a question come before him that what that can a woman do tvi'la in snow? Again, this is assuming that there would be 40 sa'ah of snow. If a woman went to the Nikvah in snow, would that be considered a good tevila? So Rabbeinu Shemaria himself thought it was good. And then Rabbeinu Simcha initially thought that this um, this tefillah would be good again this is all assuming the snow e- is not melted because if the snow is melted then it would be like a regular mikvah so um, but Rabbeinu Simcha then took back his psak, and he felt that maybe this uh, tefillah of the woman in the mikvah would not be good if it was snow again we're talking about a case of snow that is not yet melted it's actual snow if it was melted snow, then seemingly it would be like a regular mikvah. However, it's very, very interesting just to point out on the side, um, Rabbeinu Shemari himself does point out that that it could be that the snow is melted. And you may have thought that um, the reason why it would be a problem is because maybe it's Sh'uven, because maybe that since it was ice and then it became a water, it would be a problem in the mikvah. It would be like the case of taking a bucket of water and then pouring it, and that would be a problem with Sh'uven. Um, which is a whole different topic just to get back to Rebina Simcha um, about why he took back his psak and why he felt like uh, tevila in the snow would not be good um, he took it back for two different reasons number one he felt that if you do tevila in snow then the whole entire 40 sa'a of shelag is not necessarily touching her body how does it usually work when a woman goes to the mikvah when a woman goes to the mikvah yes not every single particle is literally touching her but at least you could say that she is surrounded by all forty saw. But when you go in the snow, since it's more of a solid, you can't say that all of the forty saw is completely surrounding her, and as if it is, as if it is touching her. That is the reason number one why he says that um, Shalig would not be good, and why it took us back his sack. And reason number two is where it gets into Argamara. He says the reason why I think also Shalig would not be good for Tzvila is because our Gemara says over here, it brings a case in the middle of the, in the middle of the, of a case of a person who is, wants to be tovel under a massive, a massive wave. So the Gemara says, if a person wants to be tovel in a wave, then if he is standing towards the end of the wave, meaning if the, the you know, the Gemara refers to that as, as Russian, the end of the wave, meaning when the wave hits the ground, if he's there when the wave hits the ground, then that would be considered a good teela. Again, this is assuming it's a massive wave which has 40 saw in it. But the Gemara says, if it's a case of keeping, if it's the middle of the wave, if he jumps up into the middle of the wave and gets completely engulfed in, um, in the middle of the wave, that would not be a good tefillah. So Rebbeinah Simcha says, our case of snow would be compared to a case of keepin, and just like the Gemara says that when it comes to the wave, the middle of the wave, that would not be a good tefillah, so too um, would being tovel and snow not be a good tefillah. The base Yosef in Reish Aleph Lamed questions this comparison of, of Rebbeinah Simcha and the Mordechai of, of sheleg of snow, to keepin. He says, the reason why keeping isn't in the Gemara is because that, that's the middle of the wave and the reason why the, the Rishonim give that that's an issue is because the middle of the wave is in the air. The end of the wave is on the ground and one cannot be tovel in the middle of the air. However, the case of snow, every single particle is touching each other. So if every single particle of snow is touching each other, then that's considered as if you're being tovel on the ground. So how could the how, how could Rabinu Simcha compare the case? Of being tovel and snow to the case of keeping to our case in the Gemara of being tovel in the middle of the wave, because the Beis Yosef did not like the comparison of the of Simcha to um, of Shelek, of snow to Keepin he says that one cannot rely, one could one could possibly um, rely on this, on being tovel and snow because there is no problem of the keeping issue, and. Even though we don't want to go against um, the Rishonim that say you can't do it, he says that one would be able to makeo in certain certain cases. Um, that the, the Peshtechuva does quote in, in the name of the Chay Adam, um, that in in extenuating circumstances where no one has, where someone has no other option, you would be able possibly to be told about glass in snow, since glass is. And then that's one situation where one would be making be tov out snow. Another example that basically gives himself is um, if you have no other water, you could possibly, again, in circumstances where you have no other no other um, solution, you could be tovah your hands in the snow and make an alon 9 for red. Um, another another case where this is um, brought up the halacha um, is when a person. Has an electric appliance and cannot be tovel in water because it would possibly damage the appliance. So some poskim allow him to be tovel that in snow because there's no other option. Because um, otherwise it would be damaged if you put it in the kelim mikvah, So you may be able to be tovel in snow. This is something that some poskim will rely on, other than other other um, leniencies like having a guy, um, you know, being magnet a guy. If the guy acquires it, then it's exempt. From Tefillah's Skalum. So just to summarize the last topic, um, we have the concept of the in and Snow, where the mortified two of them are that are discussing it, or being a Simcha took it back for two reasons. Number one, you're not touching all forty saw, number two is it, it is because it's like keeping. The Beis can didn't like this comparison of the middle of the wave and Shalik, and that's why he said you should really only rely on this for extenuating circumstances where you may be able to be told all your glass. Um, which is the abanon or the 9 for um, washing your hands for bread, or another option is being told about things that maybe get get damaged in water. Everyone should have a great day.